Welcome back. Welcome back, Bounce Back Nation. I'm so excited to start off the next season. Um, this last season, we really were focused on teenage moms and, and, and parenting, and that will always stay close to my heart. So throughout um, just the span of this show, you can definitely expect that. But because I talk about resilience and being able to bounce back and cultivating that skill, um, I wanted to also continue to expand and expound upon different aspects of resilience and being able to share from real people what they've done to be able to bounce back, to operate in resilience, right? Like, because we all face um, just setbacks, discouragements, um, things that really make you want to sit down and quit. And it's at that point we have to draw from our toolkit um, the things that we have on us in our psyche, in our spirit, in our mind, in our body, in our wheelhouse to operate from resilience. And so, um, you know, this show is really about where life and resilience intersect. And so today we are talking about resilience and diagnoses. And so today my guest is William Booker. Um, full moment of transparency, he is my son, but he is also an internationally known podcaster. Um, and so we're very proud of him just overall. So a little bit about Will, he is, um, now we'll go more into this in a minute, but he is autistic. He's on the autistic spectrum. He has Asperger's. And to many people that could be something to be discouraged about or, you know, really very defining. And so um, I invited Will to come on to share how he has had life after a diagnosis, how he's not been defined by his diagnosis, but he is defining his life um, despite his diagnosis. And so I just want to welcome you to the show, Will. Man, man, man. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So um how does this feel being a guest because like i said you are a podcaster how does it feel for you to be a uh, guest it's different it's different okay um it's different in the sense that i'm a guest i'm not hosting or i'm not interviewing right 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 um and so oh it's so exciting and it's so likewise it's, it's exciting too because um, I wanted you to share a little bit about your podcast before we get started. Because um, I, you know, it's on it's internationally streaming. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about what it's about and where people can listen. Okay, so my podcast is called the William Booker Experience. It's on all streaming platforms. It's worldwide, which is remarkable to say that. Yeah. Um. I regularly host, I host it on Anchor, but it, you can listen to it on every streaming platform. So it's a show where it's just different aspects of black culture because, well, before I get to that, what inspired me to do this was a, a, a couple of things. Number mm -hmm. one, I can't tell you the amount of times I've talked to people in which I would quote from like, Gwendolyn Brooks or Robert Robert E. Frost or just mm -hmm. any well-known black 
person in history. Mm -hmm. And there would be many people that would ask me, ask me, who is that? Mm -hmm. So I thought, why not do a show or a podcast and explain, explain these things about these people? Mm -hmm. So that's one aspect of it. Mm -hmm. The second aspect of it is you're also going to learn different things about me throughout the show. Mm -hmm. Like for instance, the first episode of my show is centered around autism. Mm -hmm. And so it's the history of it, how many different types of autism there are. There's five different types. All this information, when you can listen to it on the first episode of the William Book Experience. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, so you taught us a little bit about it and you told us your why for doing it, Correct. which is great because everybody has to have their why. Absolutely. Um, so let's set the table here. Right, we, we, that's what we call it when we're really starting to get into the meat of this. So I was wondering if you could share a little or as much as you want about your diagnosis. For those people who have never heard of autism, where they've heard of it, but they really don't know what it means, do you think you can try to define this in your words? Certainly. Um, the first time I remember you telling me that I was autistic. Mm -hmm. I was five years old, I think it was. Okay. It's a long time ago. Yeah. Okay. I always say there's certain things in life you never forget, and that's one of them. True. Um, the first time I remember, because obviously with me being mom, I can recall a little bit earlier and um i knew something was different how did you what and, made you what made you realize something was different i knew something was different because um for those of you who don't know or maybe you're coming in on this episode i'm also an aged out uh person i aged out of foster care and so i aged out with you know as a teen mom of two and so when i got my first place there was a thunderstorm going on, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting here trying to figure it out. Like, oh my gosh, you know, if I have to get my kids to a safe place, it was a really bad storm. Oh, wow. And I was calling you and calling you. And mind you, we're maybe six feet apart. And I'm calling you and I'm calling you and I'm calling you. And you're not answering. I get right in your face. I'm like, William, boy, you hear me talking to you. You know, I was in full mom mode at, that, at that space. And you just looked at me with the cutest little smile and patted my face and went right back to organizing the shoes on the step. And that's when I knew, like, yo, and I thought it was your hearing. I thought, like, wow, this is crazy. Like, something's going on with my son's ears. And when I started taking you to the doctors and stuff, and they're like, he may have to get tubes in his ears. But we also wanted to tell you that your son is autistic. Um. And so they could have displayed a little more tactful. Right? I don't think that was less tactful. I just think that they were like trying to convey the weight of it, uh -huh. the seriousness of it to a child, because I still to this day, praise God, look young. So as a teenager, I probably looked really young and I'm sitting here with these two kids. One of them is special needs. I probably was wearing my trauma on my sleeve, on my face, on my shoulders, on my chest. At that point, Ooh, really? because I came out of foster care and the things that I had experienced, and now I'm sitting across from this doctor, and he's telling me that your son will never talk. And at that point, you were three, like you were getting ready to turn three, and you hadn't been talking. 
And like you, like you said, like you called your sister birthday. Uh, I, I remember you telling me that. Yeah. And so, you know, for me, that was the first, this, like, when I realized something was first wrong and then like how I came to know it. But so like you said you were five when the, that is when you remember me telling you about it. But when did you really understand that this is, diff- I am different? Something is, I, I don't see things the same way as other people. I feel things different, experience things differently. Like, what age were you when that happened? Well, the first the first time I really felt like I was different was, I remember you telling me a story about me sitting next to you seeing a commercial about autism. Mm. And... I remember asking you, mom, am I stupid? Mm, I do remember that. Oh gosh, I do remember that. And that that for me, that's when it was like, I'm really different. Mm. That's when I really started to understand. I knew it, but I knew that I was different, but yeah. when I was in middle school, my special needs teacher, Ms. Pavaloni, the way she explained it, that's when I really started to get an understanding of it. Okay. So you want to say middle school. Right, right. Uh, I remember that. And it was crazy if we could just sidebar. The freaking commercial, I can't remember what the commercial displayed, like the messaging, but for you to ask me, mom, am I stupid? It's like what, what, I wonder what you were looking at or what, how are they portraying it? Because a lot of times people do think that. And it's like, you know, he's really smart. He just sees things differently, experiences things differently. There are family members of ours that still don't understand autism. Really? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. They're like surprised that you can live on your own. And they're like, you know, thinking I should be trying to have like, what is it? Not censorship, but um, guardianship, conservatorship. Yeah. And it's like, my son is more than capable, you know what I mean? To be able to do this. And it's, it's, it's amazing to me. And I think that I feel like there are so many people in this world that are getting this diagnosis and both from the child perspective and the parent perspective, I was trying to say parent and child at the same time. Yeah. The parent, <laughs> we're creating new words over here, um, that are really discouraged by this diagnosis. And I feel like we would be remiss if we did not just give them a word of encouragement. Because I know that this isn't like a per se, like Christian podcast or believer podcast. Right. But I never shy away from giving God the glory. Neither do I. And I, I, I yeah. And I want to say the reason why I say that is because we have experienced things as a result of this diagnosis that are too painful and private to share. But how we got from where we were to where we are now. There are parents and, and, and individuals who are at the beginning when you first really understood, dang, I'm autistic. 
like this is different i'm different what would you say to that middle schooler like what would you say to that mom or that dad because i feel like it's a two-part question what would you say to the child with autistic that's just feeling like different like they may even feel stupid or they may feel like less than what would you say to that child Ah, man. Well, what I would say is I would encourage because I'm trying to be mindful of my words, Mm -hmm. but what I would say is I would encourage you to seek therapy. And the reason I'm encouraging that is I don't want you thinking that you I don't want you equating being autistic with being stupid to affect your self-esteem, your self-worth, or anything of that sort. Mm. Okay. I didn't expect you to say that. I didn't. I, I didn't expect you to say therapy. I as a ther- as a counselor, as a life coach, I love that answer. Right? Because uh-huh. especially in the black community, even though I feel like the tide is turning when it comes to counseling and therapy, I feel like people are really starting to soften their you know god and you know my mama like the mr people that i talk to i feel like they're starting to soften it but it's still the stigma that if you believe in god you shouldn't have therapy or um if you that's the most ignorant rationale of the world. i mean and it is but i feel like there's people trying to be so super spiritual that they leave their common sense at the door the two aren't mutually exclusive they aren't they aren't but so, so that's why I'm glad that you said therapy. I think it could be helpful. Um, I would say to that child to, I love that you talked about self-worth and self-esteem. I would tell that child and to- also to expand self-respect too. Okay. Okay. I would tell that child to be open and honest about what you're seeing and what you're feeling because people are already, and I, and I, tell just when I talk to youth, if I have like a youth speech or whatever, mm-hmm. I always always tell them that people always try to put other people in the parameters, in the box that they can understand, right? right. And so there's that's no different with autism. So you're already at a disadvantage on a couple of different lanes, like socially, mainly socially, but sometimes like comprehension or sometimes like expression or you know you're you're already experiencing different things the last thing you want to do is leave it up to someone else to define your behavior and to give value to that so if you are saying how you feel and are being honest about that like how you see the world how you feel the world what you're thinking what you're feeling it leaves less room for people to need to interpret it and that it really cuts down some of that extraness when you're trying to connect with people when you're trying to make sure you're getting the treatments that you need the therapy that you need um educationally the supports that you need whatever that is so if i was talking to an autistic person um that would be the thing that i say let me let me make one other point Mm -hmm. i would also say be honest about who you're be be selective about who you're being honest with Mm. because for me, when I when I was in middle school and I tried to be open and honest with people about it, mm-hmm. I got shunned because of that. Okay. And so the way, to me, the best way to do it is 
you would ask people, do you know about what this is? Mm, okay. And then you go from there. That's the first step of the plan to see who mm. can I reach out to okay. in terms of being honest yeah. about my diagnosis with autism. And that makes sense, though, because it's low-key like you're meeting them where they're at. Exactly. Like, if they are new to it, like, let's start with what you know. What does that look like? Um, there you go. That's a good, that's a good, that's a good thing. I feel like, too, for me, it was helpful because I did have the Bible to draw on. Um, because when I got the diagnosis that you were autistic, my faith kicked in. And it wasn't because of me, like, truly, because... I feel like God so much worked on you that they kept changing your diagnoses. And there are people that may say like, oh, that's how it is. Or they was misdiagnosed wrong. I'm like, maybe they were. I'm not going to, I'm not going to go into that place where I'm going to debate that with you because I can look at the criteria that you met and how this little boy couldn't eat spinach. This little boy couldn't sleep on a bed with a sheet, this little boy. And now you can do all of those things. And so as we began to pray and to call specific things out, as we began to really fast and speak to, we, we when we learned about um, the creative power of your words and we started speaking to your brain, we started speaking to, to the synapses in your brain. I feel like if you're a believer, that's the tool that you have and you should put that in your toolkit that you absolutely should be utilizing. Totally so, agree. Yeah. Were you, were you about to say something on that? I was going to say, well, let me ask this question. Even as an adult now, I still don't like sleeping with sheets. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that the autism or is that just... Preference. Yeah. Is that... I, what would you I, say? I would say it's probably both. I feel like as I have matured, I feel like a lot of things in life, we try to make this an either or situation. And sometimes it's a both and. Like it's both. That's the first time I've ever heard that phrase. Yeah, because it's both like a symptom of autism and preference because there's a comfortability there. I'm mm-hmm. sure on some level, if you decided, I want to change my preference. Let's see if I can start sleeping with a sheet. And if you can and you can bang that out, then we know that, okay, it was more preference. But if you decide to change it and it's like, ah, this isn't working for me, I need to feel the roughness of the mattress, which I hope it's not like too rough. Like, sandpaper, is that you? Uh, <laughs> is that grip 120? If it's, uh, if it's, uh, if it's more like, okay, it, it, it's like, I can't do this, then we know it's more heavily autism. So I feel like it's a both end. And I feel like that's a whole show in and of itself, really. It's dealing with the both and versus the either or. Um, so with that, because of everything that you have experienced, and I'm just smiling. I'm sure you can hear it in my voice because I'm so grateful to be able to sit here and yeah, and you have this conversation. Yeah. And like a cogent conversation with a kid that his sister's name is Talia. He would call her birthday. And so sometimes we can forget where we come from. And I don't know that I ever have, 
but I'm grateful in this moment for the reminder of, of how far you've come. And so even standing and building on that, like have what what are some setbacks that you can recall that you had to use resilience to operate through as it results as it pertains to your autism if you feel comfortable sharing any uh i said it earlier and i'll reiterate it now when i was in middle school i tried to approach just I remember multiple times when I tried to approach different people about being friends mm-hmm. and I was shunned because of my autism. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Even in high school, it was more the same. Yeah. Well, when I was a freshman and it started the beginning of my sophomore year of high school, but from the end of my sophomore year of high school to when I graduated high school, which give glory to God, yeah. God the glory for that in and of itself. Mm-hmm. But all that time I was shunned just because of my autism. Yeah. From different people and in different ways. So how did you operate in resilience? How did you operate in a bounce back spirit? Like how did you keep pressing through? Cause that's a lot. I mean, there are some kids who like unalive themselves or, you know, engage in self harm because they're getting shunned. So how did you, can you think of anything that you would tell yourself or ways that you could get through it to, um, you know, overcome those, those, those hard times. I would say, well, I told you this before, but when I really started to press forward and be resilient was I was 17 and I remember just laying in my bed and looking up at the ceiling and I would just say to myself, even with being autistic, you're still worth it. Mm, come on here. Even with- And are, you are worth it. Say that, yes. Mm-hmm. Even with that, you will still be able to make friends. Mm-hmm. That, that reminds me of what you told me. And I still remember the first time you told me this. What? It's about the quality of your friend, not the quantity. Come on here, quote it. Cause it, and you know what's crazy about that? There's still adults, like older adults, that don't get that. So I'm grateful that you even got that then. Cause like I feel like you have a pretty good core group of friends. Really? Like it may not be plentiful, but I feel like you got the first time I remember you telling me that. I was 12. Okay. Would not have known. That's the first time I remember remember telling you that. Again, there are things in life you never forget. True. True. And it definitely is. And I, because I'm just grateful that that's something that you could continue to draw on. And that's definitely a tool box. I mean, you just said that you're worth it. You know what I mean? You said that, you know, the, the quote about the friends. I feel like that's one thing that if anything I want someone to take away from this show today is that you have tools that you can use, whether it's an affirmation like Will just said, whether it's resources, really talking to a parent, talking to a friend, but really start to identify 
some of the things that you're using and you don't even know you're using possibly um, to cultivate resilience in that. Um, so I want to hear more about your successes, like from your perspective, you know, like okay. when you think about the diagnoses, right, and all the things that they said that you weren't supposed to be able to do, the things that you had difficulty doing, and then like now, what would you consider some major wins for you? Well, what I would cons- what I would consider major wins for me is even just holding this conversation, I would consider that a win. Okay. Because I remember you telling me, one of the things that was in the diagnosis, I remember you telling me this is, I would never be able to talk. Yeah. When I graduated high school, that's another major success in my life. Mm-hmm. Cause if we could pause, what type of diploma did you get? I was going. I was going. Okay, there. I, I didn't mean I to. Was over, I didn't mean to rush you along. Go ahead, play. So, when I graduated high school, which was seven years ago, I graduated with distinction. Yes, I'm the only person in my graduating class that graduated with distinction in engineering. Woo! The only person. I don't know if y'all heard that. But I'm the only person that graduated with distinction in engineering. At the whole school? At I didn't know you were the only person. I'm the only person. What? There were other people that graduated with distinction to business and uh-huh. other things. But engineering, I'm the only one. Wow. Look at God. Oh, my God. When I was in high school, I was also on the chess team. I'm, I think that is another success. Mm-hmm. And side note, I do another, there's another episode on my show where you where I, learned, where I talk about the history of chess. Mm-hmm. And I learned how to play chess from my grandfather. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's super cool. I am so grateful. I think we might need to come back and do a couple more episodes. I'm with that. About this. With. Just because I feel like. I didn't really go all into your your, your um, our journey from um, just like from a spiritual perspective or even like the educational perspective. Where you, I feel like there's so many things that we could touch on. And so I'm definitely willing to partner and do some more episodes around Absolutely. that. Absolutely. So I just want to thank you for coming on. Um, thank you guys. Yeah. Thank you guys for another episode of joining me for another episode of Life After. Uh, Today we talked about life after diagnoses. I feel like this concept is so powerful. Um, And so we're going to do a couple of these this season where someone really talks about their diagnosis and really talks about life after that and like operating in resilience to kind of make it through. Um, And I'm so excited. Listen, If you guys can do me a favor and just like and share this, uh, let people know that we're here, what we're talking about. I think it could be very beneficial. We try to keep it quick because we know that there's so many podcasts out there and we want you to be able to hear this and have time to like say la, think about it, and then go on about your day. So um, yeah, if you like, share, hashtag the whole nine, uh, we really, really appreciate it. For now, thank you. And oh, okay. So 
one more time, your podcast is called The, the William Booker Experience. Experience. Yeah. It's on Spotify. It's on Spotify, Apple Music. Apple Music. Anchor. Yeah, everywhere. Uh, audio. Uh, audio. <laughs> it's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. So do me a favor. Also like and share and go to his show. Yeah. Um and just just be able to take that in and share that with him. My name is Deanna J Speaks. I'm so excited. And uh, we will catch you all next week. Yeah.